Good morning. Do, do I have the sound right? Yeah? Okay, you may wonder why there's two of us up here. It's because this spring, Jeannie and I did a training with the Escuelitas. Maybe you remember the interview with uh, Jorge and Gaila Tiencia in January. Well, we were part of an online um, training. And part of that was each week we met in a small group over Zoom and we worked on one parable. And that parable was this parable, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And we enjoyed working on it so much that we wanted to do it together. And I personally asked to have the Sunday switch so that the kids could be here because that's my particular love is uh, working with kids. So. Growing edge in teaching. <laughs> so we're, we're doing it together. Anyway, uh, let me get my notes out here. So, is there something that you're kind of good at and that you really enjoy? And because you're good at it and you enjoy it, you do it a lot. Maybe a sport, maybe computer games, maybe drawing or even schoolwork okay and it's kind of normal that when we're good at something that we feel really good when we do well right and i think that's actually a gift from god it's one of the gifts that god has given us to do well at things but like all his gifts there can be a temptation what temptation could that be that we take that good feeling of accomplishment and we trust it more than we trust our value as children of God, that we trust that more than we trust God. There's another danger, and that's that when we're good at something, we look down on people who aren't as good as we are. I can tell you that when I was a kid, I was not good at volleyball. And I can still remember when I missed the ball and the other kids yelled, Morris! Which meant they were disappointed in me. So it works both ways. Anyway, Luke tells us a story that Jesus told specifically to people who trusted, I'll read what it says, who had confidence in their own goodness and looked down on others. Now, these people were confident in their goodness at being good, not just at playing soccer. So this story today is about two opposites, a Pharisee, and a tax collector. I'm looking for Jacob. I can't even see Jacob. I can just imagine Jacob saying to me, oh yeah, I know about the Pharisees. They're always the bad guys. And it's true that most of the time in the Bible stories, we often have the Pharisees playing the bad guy role. But what you have to understand is that in the time of Jesus, the Pharisees were the most respected people. They were the people who wanted an A plus in behavior. They worked really hard at it. They were the people 
who today would be the pastor or the university professor who teaches the Bible. Where's Ian Henderson here? Or even the Sunday school teachers. I, I'm sorry, Cynthia, I have to take this. Okay. It's a really important call. I'll okay. Back my we'll, we'll wait for you. So, where was I? Yes. Uh, the Pharisees loved to study the Bible, and they worked very hard to be as good as possible. And in order to do that, they had lots of rules. The tax collectors, on the other hand, that's another story. Who were they? They were the people, they were Jewish people who worked for the Roman government, the enemy. So they often got rich by collecting too much tax on the backs of their own people, the Jewish people. So ordinary Jewish people hated the tax collectors. They did not want to make eye contact with them when they crossed them in the street. So in this story, who goes up to pray? The Pharisee and the tax collector. Now, who do you think, I'm asking this to a real kid, some real kid out there, who do you think the people thought were the good guy in this story and who would be the bad guy? Okay, yes. Exactly, exactly, you got it. So I wanna show you a little video, it's only two minutes, that animates this story. And you won't be able to understand the words, except maybe Katya. Um, but you will be able to observe the body language, the faces. And I want you to pay attention to the faces and, and the whole body language. We're getting that ready. And during the story, how does it change? Okay, go for it. Even the prostitutes who have been told that they are Jews, but they seem to be the ex-Ufenundas who are Jews, and are going to have them. Alpha Bibio, Valerisan, Snowdiron, Prosepsis, Ο Θεός, η λαστρετή μου το αμαρτωλό, 
Λέω ποινή, κατέβει ούτως επιτυχωμένος εις τον ήχο αυτού, εγάρ εκείνος, ότι πάσο υψώνε αυτόν, καπεινοθέσετε, ότι καπεινώνε αυτόν, υψωθέσετε. Οκ, so I hope you were able to follow the story. Jesus tells us they went up to the temple to pray. Now, did you notice what a big place that was? There wasn't just like one of our little churches. There was only one temple in all of Israel, and it was the place to go. They believed that the temple was the place where heaven and earth met. So if you wanted to pray, that would be a very special place to go, eh? And did you notice? The Pharisee, when he went up to the temple, how was he feeling? If somebody can really answer me, how was he feeling, Jacob? The Pharisee, when he went up to pray. I'm really sorry about that. Let's see. Somebody paying attention? Pardon me? Well, he was happy when he was coming up. He was waving at people. I mean, it's like me when I go to church. I'm happy. It was a good place. He felt confident in the temple. That was his place. On the other hand, how about the tax collector? How did he feel when he started climbing the long steps to go up to the temple? Yeah? He was like embarrassed. Yeah, what, almost like he was sad, eh? Why do you think he felt sad? Yeah? Well, for one thing, people didn't want to say hi to him, yeah? And maybe also because he felt guilty. He felt like he wasn't worth going to the temple. But he really wanted to go to pray, it seems. So, let's listen to what the two men pray. The Pharisee starts well, eh? He says, oh God, I thank you. But then it goes wonky really fast, eh? It's the Bible. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Okay. I, I just, I'm so excited because uh, it was the Dean of Medicine. Oh. He was calling me, telling me I'd won a you know, McGill Humanitarian Award for the year. Wow. I'm just yeah. so happy. Yeah. It's nothing, it's nothing, but I have to say it feels great. Is it my volume? Well, you didn't get that. Like, let me tell you again how thankful I am that the Dean of Medicine told me that I've been nominated for the McGill Humanitarian Award this year. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just super excited because, you know, it feels great that my work is being recognized. And I don't know, I, I think it's worth it because I've worked really hard for this. And mm -hmm. um, you probably don't know this about me, but I volunteer twice a week at mm -hmm. a community organization. You didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't. Yeah. And I get more than a time. Okay, I'm going to talk here. Okay, I give more than a tithe. Do, do you know what a tithe is? Anybody? No, a kid. Okay, an adult. What's a tithe? 
A 10% of everything I earn, I give more than that. Anyway, I just think it's really important to support really important causes that are important to us because they make a difference in the world. You know, I just think that there's some people who have a lot and don't make a difference. Like, you know, welfare queens, for instance. The government pays their rent and their food. What do they do with all that free time they've got? Nothing, as I can tell. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, sorry. Well, I'll, I'll just continue on here. So the Pharisee starts well, and he says, uh, just a minute, uh, he says, I'm not like those other people, cheaters, unfair, unfaithful, lazy, or even like that tax collector over there. If he was a kid, maybe he'd say, I'm not like the bullies who pick on little kids or the other kids who, who say racist, call racist names to people or cheat on their tests. The Pharisee is looking down on the tax collector. Then the Pharisee starts telling God how good he is. I'm so good because I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I make. How do you feel when somebody reminds you of every little good thing they do? I gave up chocolate for Lent, even teeny tiny. Do you think that's the kind of goodness God is looking for? Now, does the Pharisee say sorry to God for anything? No, not at all. The Pharisee is what we call self-satisfied. But you know, self-satisfied people are never really sure. Their accomplishments are never really enough to make them sure they're okay. That's why they keep reminding us of how good they are. And they even try to remind God. They're afraid to look at what isn't good in themselves. Don't you just hate the way the Pharisee looks down on the tax collector? I'm sorry, Cynthia, but when we look down on the Pharisee like that, mm -hmm. aren't, aren't we kind of doing what you're accusing the Pharisee of doing by looking down on the Pharisee? Touche. I think you're right. When we look down on the Pharisee for looking down on the tax collector, we're doing the same thing. Hmm. And you know, in this time of COVID, we had all kinds of people, one side looking down on the other side, the other side looking, we were all looking down on each other and it was not a happy picture. Um, so, are there people who make you really mad? I, there are people who make re me really mad, and I think it's right that we be angry at bad things, like companies who are polluting the earth and not even caring, countries that invade other countries and kill women and children. Those things are bad. The minute we start thinking that somehow we are different humanity, then we're in trouble. Now, let's look at the tax collector. 
How is he feeling when he climbs the stairs? Somebody remember? Hello? Yeah? Yes, Elliot. Yeah, I think he's feeling guilty. He's, he's feeling sad. And he's probably also feeling guilty. And what body language does he have when he prays? How is it different from the Pharisee? What, how did, what posture did the Pharisee have when he was praying? Yeah? He was open, he was standing. The Bible said he was standing. And, but the, fair, the tax collector, how was he praying? Yeah, he was beating his chest. And it, Jesus tells us that he wouldn't even look up. He was looking down. And what does he say? There's none of this, well, I'm not like those hypocrite Pharisees. There's no, I didn't start the fight. I didn't cheat on all my tests. There's none of this, I do this good thing, I do that good thing. No, 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 none of that. There's only one thing he says. Oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He feels sad. He feels really sad because he knows he's guilty. Then Jesus gives us a surprise ending to his story that gives us my kind of wacky sermon title. He says, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee goes home justified. He goes home forgiven. Did you notice the two men's faces when they were leaving the temple? Now, of course, this is an interpretation of an animation, but I think it's very good. Do you remember the Pharisee's face when he was leaving? Does anybody remember the Pharisee's face? He was like, his eyes were going around. It's like he wasn't quite sure of himself. Yeah, he was worried. He was worried. Remember we said self-satisfied people are never really sure. What about the tax collector? What happened to his face when he was leaving? His face just blossomed in a smile, eh? He was happy. So, Jesus finishes with the moral of the story that makes me think of a seesaw. When we do one thing, God does the other. God does the opposite. So those who, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. On the other hand, those who humble themselves will be exalted, honored. Isn't that amazing? And you know, Jesus really loved the tax collectors 
And the other wicked people, selfish people like him, including the Pharisees. And I'm glad about that because I resemble the Pharisees. But Cynthia, do you really think he loved the Pharisees? I sure hope so because I'm a Pharisee some of the time. And that's exactly why he told this story. He told it for the Pharisees. So, so why, like, why did he tell the story? Like, what's, what's, you know, we're supposed to humble ourselves, even though we're Pharisees, that it's okay, and that it really isn't very nice before God that we just justify ourselves, right, and look down on other people. Well, that offends God. It really offends God. It's really bad. But we have a chance to change that. We have a chance to change that every day. We have a chance to humble ourselves. And that's what we do when we come to church in communion. So how can you be sure it's okay to humble yourself? Well, for one thing, Jesus, our example, did that. The Apostle Paul tells us that even though Jesus himself never sinned, he humbled himself and became human. And then he humbled himself even more to the death of a criminal. And then God highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth. Praise God. Wow. So Cynthia, it's, it's okay. It's safe to humble ourselves before a God who's humbled himself to rescue us. Yeah. Wow. Do, do you mind if I pray? I would love that. Okay. I have, just before I pray, full disclosure, I actually was just play acting. I didn't win a humanitarian awards and I wish I volunteered more, but I don't actually and so on. However, I do have to confess though that I put a lot of stock in my own accomplishments. And sometimes I even try to impress God with those accomplishments. And I find myself looking down on people a lot and this living with this parable has made me realize how ugly that is. But in fact, the main story in this parable isn't how ugly it is to be self-satisfied and to look down on other people. What this story is really about is the incomprehensible goodness and graciousness of God. That when this actually horrible person, let's, let's be clear, the tax collectors were not great people, Cynthia, no? Mm -hmm. Anyway, but when this horrible person humbled himself before God and said, have mercy on me, O Lord, a sinner, God granted him mercy. And that is just absolutely amazing. And so we come before God, we can lay down our accomplishments, we can lay down the bad stuff we've done. We just humble ourselves before him and say, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know, there's really incredible people in this church, everybody to be admired. We could all be comfortable with how well we've done, I think, in many ways. But what's fun 
about coming to church sometimes is that when we celebrate communion, we have the opportunity to humble ourselves before God and say, have mercy on me, O Lord, a sinner. And then we stand, we, from that position of humility, we stand and celebrate by receiving the body and blood of Jesus, who reminds us that he's the one who came and humbled himself for us, so that we could be exalted into a position of children of God, and we can be part of this amazing family. So please pray with me. Dear Lord, we want to get small before you. We want to bow down and tell you that we're unworthy of you. Thank you for making it safe to humble ourselves because you humbled yourself even to death to rescue us from our slavery to sin. You are pure love, and we thank you for making it possible to receive your forgiveness and your love and to enter into your family. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.